I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Good evening, and welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network. I'm your host, Aurelia Lyles, and I am so happy to be here with you again. I know it's been a minute since I've been um, on the airwaves with you all, and I hope that you haven't thought that I left you because I'm not going anywhere. Um, But I've been going places, and that's the great thing about it. Um, I believe the past couple of months, I've had a mind shift, a shake up a little bit as you would like to call it. And I decided that I was going to start really looking at the things that I'm passionate about, looking at the things that I like, the things that I enjoy doing and do them more. And I'm glad I did because going out traveling, seeing different things, it opens your mind, it expands your thought, and and you just see life from a completely different perspective, which is what we need right now. We need a little levity with all this seriousness going on. Now, and I have to tell you that I am really excited about tonight's show. We have this amazing, amazing artist, and you have probably seen his work and admired his work much like I have. And you, I know that I often wonder what goes on in the mind of someone who is so creative, so talented, such a genius. And, you know, all these questions kind of run, run up in front of me and everything, and I just want to know more. But um, so tonight we're having... The artist, painter, illustrator, fashion illustrator, Alvaro. I hope I'm saying his name correct. And he was born in Brooklyn. Hey, so was I. And he is raised in the Bronx. And um, he studied at FIT. And there's so much more because his story, his beginnings is so interesting. And I just would prefer him to tell you his story much more so than I because I wouldn't do a good job of it. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you the icon, the genius, the painter, the illustrator, Alvaro. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Hi. Is this Aurelia? Yes, it is. (laughs) How are you, dear? You would never believe where I am. This is too much like a 1970s. Uh, Woody Allen film. <laughs> I mean, this is a really funny way to start an interview, okay? Okay. I, I'm on my way. Okay, can I talk? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Share. First of all, how how are you this evening, sweetheart? <laughs> I'm fine, and I am excited and so honored to have you. I am excited to speak to you as well. Um, I um, I'm on my way to uh, a benefit for uh, uh, Save the Children. It's for uh, the kids of Puerto Rico, you know, Mm -hmm. because of of the uh, hurricane. Mm -hmm. And it's being presented by um, um, a friend of mine, magazine, Jazz Magazine. And Mm -hmm. it's a spotlight fundraiser. And the thing is, I've never taken the, the ferry across 40th Street you know, across the river to New Jersey. So then I'm almost there, right? I'm almost there. So then I'm like, I got 10, 15 minutes to get to the, to the, uh, um, 
to this uh, restaurant, waterside restaurant, which is supposed to be quite beautiful. And I'm all excited. And then I get this Spanish man, and then I start to speak to him, like, can you please tell me? He goes, que? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Wait a minute. He just said a Puerto Rican back about 50 years. <laughs> you know, just when, just when we're fighting hard and saying, you know, we can speak English, he says to me, <laughs> so I turned around, and then this man gives me this, his card that he's some kind of art agent because I'm wearing this jacket with all this art on it, and he's like talking to me, and I'm being, not trying to be rude, but I'm saying, sir, I have to do an interview, and he goes, what? I said, I can't talk, and I run off, and my scarf is following me. It's the funniest, most hysterical Woody Allen kind of thing. Yeah, I swear, if there was a camera, if you had a camera following me, you would have been on the floor. <laughs> so I said, so I said, the heck with the party, and I said, and I swear, I said, and I love children. I said, them kids are going to have to wait. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I said, I will not let her rally it down. So I'm Thank actually... You. I'm actually staring through the window at Dunkin' Donuts, a place called Public Garage One, and what else? I don't know. <laughs> all this stuff in a mall. This is so genius. hysterical. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to laugh about this for days. So well, how are you, dear? <laughs> I'm, doing... <laughs> I'm fantastic, and I see that you're really having an adventure right now, huh? You know what? It's worth it. It's worth it because we're laughing and we're making something that could be stressful into something fun, and yes. it's all worth it because yes. I'll get to the children. You know, I'll get to that cause, and I'm with you now, and mm -hmm. we're in a beautiful, magical space, so we're good. Yes. Yes, we are. We are so good. You know, I have to tell you, um, I'm I'm a Brooklyn native. Okay, holla. And I was born. I was born in Brooklyn. Yes, I I know. And you were raised in the Bronx, and I'm like, you studied at FIT. You, I mean, you've come a long, long, long way, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing story, and I know. Looking back, because we're going to go back to front and front to back. Right. But looking back, what do you see? I mean, what, what do you see when you sit down and you're alone? What do you see? What do I see as far as? Uh, as far as, as your life, as your life. And when you sit, when you're quietly sitting down reflecting and looking back, what do you see? Uh, gosh, I see a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of uh, pure hysteria because I, I, I've always enjoyed laughing. I see a lot of struggle, of course. We all do. No one is better than anyone. No one is special. No, every, Everyone is special, but no one is more special than anyone. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of uh, um, struggle, which is what builds character. So every time I look at certain things and I think of certain things that have happened, you know, I sort of laugh at it, and when people ask me, well, would you do it all over again? I say yes, except for this, this, and that. But mm -hmm. if you didn't do it all over again, I don't think that I ever want to be different from who I am right now. This is the only person that I know. It's sort of like when people ask you, if you had a choice to be a, a star or a model or this person or that person, who would you want to be? And I never say, oh, I'd like to be so-and-so. I always say, I, am, I enjoy being in this gift. Mm. And I think that more people should try to appreciate themselves instead of seeing themselves through someone else or as, mm -hmm. uh, as someone else and, and make what, whatever they have of themselves, make it as best as they can. Be the best you can. I don't ever see myself as someone else. And, and, you know, there are millions of imperfections, but imperfections make you the character that you are. It gives you more soul, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. It, I mean, it makes... I love your voice. You have, such a, you have such a pretty voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm all flattered over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I like to laugh, too. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, 
hey, you've done so much and you've accomplished so much. And you started out watching old movies and that is how you, I guess, you acquired your taste for the, 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 the feminine form? Absolutely. So yes, my mother in, in the early 60s, uh, she and my father came from Puerto Rico. Uh, they moved to Brooklyn. They had my brother and I before they had my two sisters. And at a young age, my mom started working at a uh, an art factory making art books, you know, like sketch pads, mm-hmm. you know, like binding them together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, I always say it's almost like if my gift was naturally given to me because we're all born with, with a natural something. But it was almost also handed to me. And to top it off, my father was a musician. He was um, a singer, a guitarist. He was a painter, and on top of all of it, he was a film cutter and a film distributor. So he would actually bring home, uh, this is all when we lived in South Bronx. I mean, how many his family do you, do you know that gets to have that kind of thing where their parents, you know, have, have all of this art stuff to kind of offer their children so it, it, it was sort of an education at an early age, and, and we would watch films like Greta Garbo, Lena Horne, and I fell in love with all these women. So, And my mom herself being beautiful, and we, I know we all say our moms were beautiful, but my mom was actually really beautiful. You know, like she had that Hollywood thing, and she, would, she was also a seamstress. So all of that played the whole package. It all played its own soap opera within my life. And that's sort of how I um, flourished, and I was inspired. And of course, then I loved *Idina Genie* and cartoons, and Betty and Veronica, the Archies, and all of that. So Josie and the Pussycats, and you know all that silly stuff. But it's I, not but silly. I, I grew up with that too. We're, we're you in know, the age, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yes. And the Brady. And the Brady's with Marsha, 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 and mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. and the Partridge family, and yes. and you know, and I loved me before Charlie's Angels. I loved me get some get Christy love. Oh my goodness, I love that oh. show. Remember? Oh, my goodness. oh yes. wasn't she the best? Yes, yes. and beautiful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was so inspiring. To uh, yes. to uh, ter- uh, Teresa Gray. Yes. Yeah, yes, because the, the three the three black goddesses were Teresa Graves, Tamara hey, Dawson, and then there was and then it was the Pam Greer. Greer, yes. yes. Inspirations, right? Because mm-hmm. black yes. women, black women have always been, and yes, I'm Hispanic and I love Hispanic women, but growing up in the South Bronx, black women all my life have been my biggest inspiration. They've mm-hmm. been my close friends. Even till today, you know, women that have helped me, it's always been very powerful, incredible black women. You know, from from Iman to Naomi to Audrey Smalls to Beth Ann Hardison to Tookie uh, um, Smith. It's always been powerful, wonderful black women. And it's always been like that all my childhood. So when I think of these women that I'm talking about on TV and films, you know, it always takes me back to that. Them being sort of my like my superheroes. Okay, yeah. that is. I mean, I can envision all of that because I used to sit in front of the TV set, and it was like you had to watch those shows, and oh my I goodness. had to make sure I had to watch them. I got in trouble because I was supposed to be doing homework, but still. We all <laughs> did. Well, wait a minute. At least wait. At least you did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, listen, Aurelia, because <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, okay? So <laughs> I had a grandma. I, I, made it, I used to get in trouble because of my whole my whole notebook was filled with Archie's, Betty and Veronica, and, and I Dream of Jeannie, and then it turned into Farrah Fawcett, which I became obsessed with. I was always in trouble. You wouldn't see. You couldn't see one times one or two times two or one plus one in my in anywhere. But I was good at at I was good at history. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, but don't ask me anything today about math because, you know, I'll make believe I dropped the phone. <laughs> I will. I'll make believe I dropped the phone and I'll say there's a lot of noise going on. And then I'll move the chairs around here like if someone is, like, moving their luggage just to throw you off. <laughs> wait, wait, and it's really happening. Look, someone is moving the garbage can. So you heard that noise, right? <laughs> This is just so funny. This is like being in a Woody Allen film. <laughs> something like turning, like turnstiles. We should call it turnstiles or something. Oh, gosh, this is so much fun. <laughs> now, okay, having, okay, you, um, what high school did you go to? I am pleased to say that I was very lucky um, to have been guided by my first art teacher. Her name was Nancy Cooperman. We called her Purple Lady. And she was my, my main, main hero because growing up in the South Bronx, it was rough. You had, you had to always fight your way through things and to survive and become tough. And being gay goes again. With the garbage, I love it. And, you know, but it's so genius. It adds to the whole thing, you know. You get sound effects. If you hear disco music, you're gonna holler and come down in summer. But you know, uh, she guided me and and others. I wasn't the only one, and she prepared me to go to Art and Design High School. And this is what got me out of the rough area I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So in Manhattan, Art and Design High School, and and the thing about that school was that there was such a combination. Where I grew up, it was just us blacks and Hispanics or us Hispanics and, and, and blacks, you know, mixed. Mm-hmm. And, but, but when, we, when I went to Art Design, you saw a rainbow of everyone for the first time as a kid, and everyone was an artist. So it was sort of like going to the, you know, the School of Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. And everyone was talented, and everyone, it was either, it was just magical. Four years of that, but I always thank her. Mrs. Cooperman, I love you if you're listening. Um, I owe her, I owe her my life. I owe her, besides my mother and God, which are the two main reasons, of course, I owe this woman everything because I don't know where I would have been today. I know that I always had that dream and the passion and the talent, but she she helped me um, find it. And from there, all my dreams came true. I won all these awards you know, before graduation, and I swear to you, no math homework for you. <laughs> no, but you know, the, the guidance counselor liked me. I promised her that I was going to do well. Now watch her get fired. Imagine that she gets fired and suddenly it's on the news. I'm going to tell her that you made me say it. <laughs> she gets fired. She wanted me to be honest. <laughs> Imagine she gets fired. Oh, my God. I, can I make? Can I say that I was only making that up? <laughs> Look, I was lying, all right. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I, I like I said. Then I I had a dream since I was very young um, that I wanted to work with this famous fashion illustrator. His name he was Puerto Rican as well. In 1987, his name was Antonio Lopez. And for a very long time since I was a kid, I would see him in fashion magazines, and I would always say, I'm going to work with this man. I didn't say I want to. I always said, I, I, I always said um, that I had to move away a little bit because someone's talking. Um, I always said that I am going to work with him, and people would tell, would tell me, teachers and all, um, well, you know, it's good to set your goals high, but others, but, you know, that everyone wants to work with him. And I said, I know that everyone wants to work with him, but I'm, I'm going to. And I set my goals. I knew what year he was going to go and, and do a seminar at FIT. And once I graduated that year, I, I managed to get into FIT by uh, telling the teachers to please just look at my portfolio and accept me because I couldn't take the test. Because I, I, for some reason or another uh, that occurred, 
and they 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 took me in and I also told them I said because my I really I don't I really don't want to come here to learn I just want to come here because I want to meet Antonio. They all looked at me up and down like what? <laughs> like who do you think you are? And you know and you know I rolled my eyes right. <laughs> no, I did. I stuck my teeth and rolled my eyes. I said, look. <laughs> no, I did. I swear. I swear. You know, they were like, this sounds wrong, this kid, because I had that whole attitude. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just I really knew um, I had to be slightly aggressive because I knew that this is my dream. And lo and behold, um, he came to FIT to do the seminar. I sat in the front, and some of my models at the time I had already been published in the in the New York Times and a couple of other magazines. I wasn't that good yet, but there was I had something, and I needed it to be nourished. And I knew that working with him, because I never really wanted to be a fashion illustrator. I wanted to draw beautiful women. I wanted to do pop art. I wanted to you know go further than that and explore things that I can mix together, including with fashion, because I do have fashion in me. But my passion was always my admiration for all women, all women of all colors, of all sizes, just women in general, because there's nothing on this planet more beautiful than women. I always say that the reason why God is the greatest artist is because he created women. And I just had this obsession, you know, and... Antonio walked on stage, he noticed me, and I started asking a lot of questions. Next thing you know, I was asked, he, was, he asked me and four other students posed for him, with him for the school paper, and I kept yakking and talking like I'm talking now, and you know, I'm laughing, and he kept hitting me on the back of my head saying, you talk too much, shut up. <laughs> and then, you know, because I looked a certain way then, I was kind of like, you know, kind of attracted at that age, he said, I want you to model for me. And, you know, deep down inside, I was dying. I was dying. I was, I, my sister was with me, and, and he gave me his number on my, um, in my Antonio book. The way I, I just jumped on my sister and started crying and screaming, but I was embarrassed because he and his assistant saw me as they were walking out from the back of the amphitheater. So I was really embarrassed. But I still called him that Monday, and, and he said, come on over. And I did, and from there on I started not only posing for him, but I ended up answering songs, uh, you know, help, you know, assisting the people that would come in to wait for him, the models, helping the models get dressed. It just... It turned into exactly what I dreamt of as a kid. Oh, okay. So dreams do come true. Yeah, for any of us, all you got to do is from, I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I always tell people, why don't you just start out, even because it's never too late to be who you want to be. So you can't really tell a child this, but when when you advise a young kid, something, I always told them from the beginning, start making believe, start making believe that it's real now. Play the role, play the part. And as you do it more and more and more and you start to believe it, the next thing you do is when you turn around, it's there and you're already used to it. So in your head, it, it actually was already there. Does that make sense? Yes. It does make you know, a great deal of sense. It, it's not about arrogance. It's about, it's almost like playing doll. You know, like dollhouse or doctor. Not doctor, but mm-hmm. dollhouse. Or you know how little kids play with like, different things? Yes. Uh, surgeons or policemen, especially like detectives. And then suddenly they become one. You know, you just got to believe your dream and, and practice it at a very young age. And it, it actually works sometimes. I mean, a lot of great singers started that way. By the time it starts to happen, it's there. So for me, it was, it it just, it happened. It it just blended right in. So by the time I was there my second week, it was as if I've already been there all my life. But it was, it was magic. I understand. Now, 
Mm-hmm. The thing I want to, I was curious about is you were in New York City during the 70s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that's when New York was a wellspring of creativity. How did that affect your work? Okay, because of the noise. Can you explain that one more time? I'm sorry. That's okay. I said you were, you know, you were in New York City in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that's when New York was a wellspring of creativity. How did that inspire and affect your work? Oh, my goodness. First of all, you know, it all starts with movies. It all starts with music. Uh, Billie Holiday was my biggest musical inspiration. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was a a sad thing, but I've always liked uh, it. Drama always pulled out passion in me. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, we had uh, uh, break dancers on the street, and we had the most magical part for me was watching people do graffiti on on trains. Like today, when you look at the trains, you think of them as art. But back in those days, people thought of it as dirt and trash. And we didn't take advantage of the fact there was so much of it that it looked dirty to people. To me, it was just seeing a live museum, going to a museum every single day. And everyone had a different style. So the truth is the streets and the subways is what gave me inspiration more than anything. And then along came my getting to know about Andy Warhol. And that was another dream to get to meet him, which I did. And then Keith Haring, which I became friends with. Did you ever, have you ever heard of Keith Haring? No, I haven't. Keith Haring is the one, you, you know Keith Haring, he's the one that did that Free South Af- Africa, um, he did those baby dolls yes. that look like silo- yes. dancing yes. around with the little lines around them, that's Keith Haring, he died in oh. 1990, yeah, and he did that beautiful Free South Africa, a poster, the apartheid thing and all, and mm-hmm. I got to know him, so I, from seeing the graffiti art, I always kept in my head, these are people that I am going to meet. These are people that are going to help me go to where where I feel that I belong, because I didn't I didn't feel like I belonged uh, grappling, fighting with these other kids. They were always angry, but I thanked them because of them. They helped me to be tough in the industry I'm in today, so that no one gets over on me. So I use that I use that energy for a good thing and not a bad thing. That's excellent. Can I ask you one question? Yes. I notice in your art that there's no sharp edges or points. It's a lot of curves and in, and is that because of your love of the the female form that you have all these curves and no those curves those cur- those curves come from my um being inspired by animals oh okay yeah you know how animals move like like the beautiful leopard yes. and 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 how agile they are when they run and how they suddenly turn even fish and they suddenly turn. i've had fish tanks all my life and their tails and all those movements, animals to me are like dancers. And I've all, I've had animals all my life. I'm actually an animal. I'm an, you know, I, I'm an advocate for animals. I, I'm involved with um, a cheetah foundation, um, and I do as much as I can to, to uh, help raise money for them. And I watch animals. Remember back in the day, we would have a show called Mutual of Omaha. Yes. yes. I, I was so obsessed with it. And so it wasn't really, because I also danced, and, but all of that was actually inspired by the movement of animals. I've always had a cat. I've always had um, fish. I've had hamsters. And I would watch the way they would move. Those lines that they would create, when they, you know, when they bend, when they, they go into that fetal position, and then they just mm-hmm. stretch out. They stretch out like these, Farther girl from the 1940s, these pinups. There's a cat doing it. Quite fascinating. And that long last one tail, that tail that just whips right out. So, animals really had a lot to do with the inspiration of line for me. And of course, okay. uh, the painter Picasso. Okay. Yeah. That, wow. 
and I take something from everything. I'm like a sponge. I take something from everything. Oh, that's, I mean, that, you're a genius then. Not everyone can do that. <laughs> One day I will be, I hope. <laughs> you're already there. <laughs> Thank you, doll. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, um, what do you do when you're not working? What do you do to relax yourself to um, unwind? I watch, I watch Law and Order. Okay. I will watch um, a Marilyn Monroe film or Charlie's Angels. I'm obsessed with Farrah Fawcett to the point where she was another dream and I became friends with her. Um, I watch Law and Order. Like, you know when they have Law and Order on all night? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when they don't have it, I'm so upset. <laughs> I get well, moody. and I so many. Yeah, but sometimes they don't have it on and then my cat jumps on the bed and I say, get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Just get off my bed. And then she rolls her eyes at me. And then with that same tail that I used to love, she slaps me in the face with it. Because <laughs> she's a little shady Puerto Rican cat, I swear. You don't know. <laughs> no, my cat is real Puerto Rican, I swear. <laughs> but I'd like to go back to the thing is with me is if I'm not working, I actually um, practice every day. Mm -hmm. So, and I've actually taught myself how to draw with my right foot. So in case anything ever, ever happens in the future, I tie um, a magic marker with tape around my right foot. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've learned to draw with, not with the left one, with the right one, to draw faces and things like that. But because I'm getting older now, suddenly I start getting Charlie horses. <laughs> 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 and you know what? You know what? Bengay don't help no more. <laughs> then you see me limping across the room and then there's marker all over the floor. And you know, the marker won't come off. So I'm limping like dragging the magic marker on the floor and the cat is looking at me and my dog is looking at me like, what's wrong with him? And they, and they look at each other up and down like, and I'm like limping, and, I'm, and you know when the muscle gets really tight, and then you start like bending over, and you start making all these shapes and faces, and then like something's wrong with daddy, and they think like I'm the exorcist or something. It's some <laughs> Because once you hit a certain age, you know, before you thought you could do all of this, now I try to put a, I can't even bend over enough to put the tape around my foot without getting a pull. <laughs> <laughs> I swear on my line. Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the other one listen, the other one that called me, so you started it, okay? <laughs> you started it. Okay. Remember those days remember those days growing up in the Brooklyn Brooklyn or Bronx? You know, after something went down, you go, well, she started it. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm saying to you. I say, well, you started it. <laughs> okay, you can't take me anywhere. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to hang out with you because I know it'll be hysteria all the way. We it would be pure hysteria because I'm not into that. Whatever people think of me as an artist, um, I know what I do and I appreciate it and I, you know, I'm pleased with it. And I've lived, I've, I've lived quite um, an amazing life. I thank God. I thank my mother. I thank my father. And I thank Mrs. Cooperman, my art teacher. But, and I thank all these great women. But all of that fancy stuff and all the women that I've met in my life and the covers or the magazines I've been in, the television, this and that, and all of that stuff, I'm still going to hit the floor laughing really hard, act exactly like I was when I was three or four or five or six or seven, and everything just, everything just goes away because there's nothing more beautiful than being that childlike person. That's what keeps everything fresh all over again. Yes. You know, all of the, uh, there are people out there that get caught up in themselves and, you know, and they, they believe too much of it, mm -hmm. I, I can't do that, you know. One of the most important things for me, I'm rambling, right, because I always actually am rambling, right? 
No, you are. T- what you're doing, it's so good to hear. To, we're getting to know you, and that's important to understand the the, the wisdom and the, the the person behind all of that amazing work. We don't get this opportunity often, so no, you're not rambling. Thank you. The, the art, the, the real person behind it, because the art you can see, but you know, but to me, nothing. And 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 I've said this before, and I tell people all the time, and I and I end up crying a little if, if I I'll try not to. Nothing is a more beautiful gift, first of all, like I say, than like what I'm doing now. I'm on my way to the charity. Mm-hmm. There is nothing more beautiful, and I do this every other night. Where I go, I walk my dog Garbo, and I wish that people, I keep trying to put the message out. I walk with my little dog Garbo. I named her after the actress, Greta Garbo. Mm-hmm. And we take about half an hour walk, go all the way to Lincoln Center, or we'll, we'll walk in some new direction. And I go hunting, not looking for, but actually hunting for people sleeping on the streets. And I make sandwiches, or if I, I'll go in an area where I know that there's a pizza place or a bodega or something, and I go in be, between cracks of the street and I look down the little stairs and brown stones, and I, because I know you'll find them, especially this is the season for me, it's more now because it's cold. And sweetheart, I swear to you, Matt, I always, from far away, always ask them, excuse me, sir, excuse me, Matt. especially if it's a woman that's on the street, it breaks my heart. And I, and I wake them up and I say, I'm sorry to bother you. Is there anything you need? Can I buy you some food? Some of them are sneaky and they go like, Oh, you got any money instead? I said, I tell you what, if you eat a sandwich in front of me, I'll give you a couple of dollars. Mm. And if I have the sandwich, or I'll go across the street, or two blocks over, I can stay right here. Well, they're not going anywhere. And I come back with a breakfast, with a coffee, because it's sometimes three or four in the morning. Because I paint until five, and I walk garble around that time, and I always find that these three people, I give them something, I bought them, I feed them. They need, they need to talk to someone. And you should see how they, when you walk away, how they look up at this guy like they're thanking God for that moment. There's nothing more beautiful than that feeling, and if we can all do one person that we can all do just one even if it's once a week just just one we're helping I will never ever 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 till the last day I breathe stop helping someone you know why especially when it's an artist also a young artist that's trying to find their, their way I just help someone that I'm going to hook them up to have an exhibit. This is someone under 30 years old with a big, big, big gift but doesn't know what to do. I'm going to help this person. You know why? Because I always remember that someone helps me. And we can't go around being selfish. We have to. I don't like that word giving back to the community because giving what back? I didn't take anything from you. <laughs> you know, I, I mean it in the way that I know how it feels in your soul, in your heart, when someone helps you, when you really need something, in that feeling where your chest opens up and you're like, dear God, this is real, this is real. I want people to feel the same way because there are too many selfish people out here that won't do that. And I will always be that way. I'd rather be that and I, I always say I, I'll die without my art, but I'd rather be a giver and, and push someone, give them something, than to have, to have, to have so much or, or, or whatever to myself. I don't like the empty feeling. Sorry if I cried a little bit. Are you still there? Well, I'm Hello? still here, and thank God oh, okay. for you. Yes, I'm here. Thank God for you. Because, you know, it, it it takes people like you to give us hope. And that's what 
that's what fuels a lot of people and, and motivates them to keep going. And you're yeah. giving them that. You're giving them just that hope. Hope. Yeah. And to see and and the fun, and the great thing is to see them start to succeed. Mm-hmm. Next yeah. thing you know, you're in a room full of a lot of people at an event at a party. And they're all the way in the corner, and you're all the way in one corner. And you don't have to say anything. They don't have to thank you. They already know, and you already know. And you know what the beautiful thing is? They give you this look, and they nod their heads down, and they look back at, up at you, and you do the same thing with respect, saying, I told you so. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh, before I forget, how was your um your exhibit? How did that go, your solo exhibit? Oh, my goodness. The response was amazing. The paintings are selling. And I didn't get to enjoy the party as much because everybody just jumped on me. I felt like like, like a pizza was delivered. <laughs> no, I did. An extra cheese pizza and like oh. half anchovies or half something. And they just opened it up and everyone jumped on me like, they wanted to fight me. <laughs> I swear. I was going to start swinging because I didn't get in. <laughs> I was ready to start swinging. Somebody grabbed me from one side, the other one from the other, and they were tugging and pulling and asking for autographs and to sign this poster. And then one almost ripped my jacket, and I just pulled my thing off against the same. And I thought I was ready to swing. <laughs> I'm only kidding. But they really jumped me. <laughs> you know, when I when I see when I see my friend like you know Miss J from America's Next Top Model, right? Yes, yes. Or Mr. J, these are my dear friends, or Naomi, or any of these people that I've known that have done big parties, and everyone jumped all over them. But that moment when I walked in and everyone just ran towards me, I wanted to look in the mirror and go, "Oh, but oh, I'm not that person. I'm it's me." <laughs> No, they, that person is over there. <laughs> but it was a beautiful feeling. It it was one of those moments where um, it all came in full circle. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the appreciation for many things that I've done and the way that the, the, the look in people's eyes, appreciation, and how people um, kept thanking me for it. People always say a word, you know, you're so real. I hope so. First, <laughs> I know I'm not walking around and I'm dreaming. Somebody suddenly pops my bubble, and I'm like, I wake up like you know, falling off the bed. <laughs> and when they say you're so, you know, you're so real, I'm like, I hope because so. <laughs> I would hate it to be one of those dreams. I swear. <laughs> It would be so funny in like in two minutes. I'm talking, and you already had my phone like um, tracked. And then there's an ambulance outside with some people walking out with a straight jacket and a gurney. <laughs> and then you hear my my boots running. You just hear me running, and then my keys fall. So I turn back to the keys. <laughs> He sends people to come and put a journey away. And then suddenly the scene goes from that scene to Diana Ross and Lady Sings the Blues where she's inside that white room. <laughs> and in the back on here, maybe things are blue. <laughs> Do, right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you. I, <laughs> you <laughs> Wait, you started it. <laughs> I've been my dear Angelo Ellerby of Double Exposure, which hooked this up, is hearing this probably and cracking up and going, oh, God, what am I going to do with him? <laughs> He's probably like saying, talk about your cover of Vibe or talk about this. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, but, it's um, fun. I have to tell you, it's a lot of fun. It's fun. It's real. It's it's 
it's getting inside the artist. Yes, and and, and I was telling. Mm-hmm. And understanding you and where all this color comes from, it's inside you. It's it's a burst of like rainbows and and all that stuff. <laughs> Skittles. And and it really is Skittles, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that girl in the commercial when she tells the boy, is this contagious? He says, no, she got them all over her face. I swear, if I end up at this party with Skittles in my face. <laughs> you know when people stare at you and you think you look cute, but something is, like, something is on your face and nobody tells you? Yes. It'll be one of those moments. <laughs> oh, Lord. So... so. What what are you up to next, and and you know how can people follow you, follow your art? Well, they can follow me. I'm gonna start making my. Well, I I have some um, important clients that I will be creating some um, real paintings for. I rather do real painting than pop art than do fashion illustration. Uh, I I enjoy doing fashion illustration, but I don't consider myself the best at it. Only because I didn't want it. If I had wanted, it, if I wanted to be one of the best at it, I would have probably achieved that. Mm-hmm. I took from it like drawing beauty that I do well, and but I turned more like I turned my women more into like pinup girls, which is why one one at one point I was uh, chosen in the 40s in the uh, 19 in 1994 to redo the Varga girl, which was one of my idols. Uh, for Esquire magazine by body painting the models, um, but I um, what I just look forward to continuing painting. Um, there will be more exhibitions. Um, I will be doing more. I'm going to have some merchandise coming out. I've already started little by little by little by teasing people, and uh, people keep asking me to do a book. Um, I will, but I don't ever like to rate to get there. I want it to just happen. I don't want to um, stress myself. I just want to enjoy life. And whatever comes my way, I take it, I embrace it, and I I do it. But, you know, I I promise you that I sleep with, you know, a market next to me. (laughs) No, I really do. Not not between my feet, no. (laughs) Not between my toes. Because then I get like the, the... the toe cramp. Yes. <laughs> and I walk around like a hawk. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> or a sphinx. No, I don't think so. I'm a Leo. <laughs> you are so bad. Starting <laughs> trouble with me. You're just starting trouble. <laughs> oh Lord. So, yeah, but I, I am. Um, I just expect to keep moving forward. I, I never really want to say. This is exactly what I want to do. I just mm-hmm. um, embrace whatever comes forward. I'm I'm lucky to be one of those artists that are always working. So I just embrace what presents itself. Mm-hmm. I, I I get visions, so sometimes I have a feeling of what's gonna happen. But um, and then I start, sort of like throw a little uh, bait, and then and then it, it it's like a seed in, in the ground, and watch it grow. So um, whatever comes next, I, I, I'm ready to embrace and, and take on. But definitely merchandise. Um, and if I ever get out on some reality TV, it'll probably end up being some comedy craziness. Oh my goodness! And people would watch it with bated breath. They couldn't. They wouldn't wait for the next. It'll be a mix of, Wait for the next episode. Mm-hmm. It'll be a mix of like a 15-minute bad girl club. <laughs> <laughs> I swear because if somebody says something to me, <laughs> I'd be like, what'd you say? <laughs> I said, what did you say to me? Or what did he say to me? I know you ain't talking about it. <laughs> I swear I'm not lying. But anyway, um, this was wonderful of you. I really thank you so much. Thank you, and I know you have to get to your, um, your your event, and I don't want to hold you any longer, but I had such an amazing time with you. I as well, sweetheart. Thank you. I really, and I love your name. Thank you. Can you come back again? <laughs> Please. 
can you let me know when? Please plan it. I will definitely. I'll let Angelo please. know. And you just please let please. Angelo know. Um, actually, in fact, I am going to remind him when something fun is up that I'm working on, I will let him know. And we will, you know, I will, I'll write the script. <laughs> I'll write the script, I swear. And then we have to have like an ambi, so we have to have like some like sirens in the background and some like, you know, like running. Okay. And then I'm talking like, like I'm laying down the street and I'm, the whole conversation will be like while I'm running, you know? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I mean, bless you, sweetheart. Yes, thank you and bless you. And be careful walking at night. You know. Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna jump in one of these cabs over here, and, and then I'll okay. be back home later. So, is this airing tonight? This is live. It, this is live, and um, I just gotta edit because I think your phone number may be um, on there, so I'm gonna get it off real quick. Okay. So please let me know when, and I'd love to hear it, and, and so I can laugh with you. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Bless you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, darling. Okay, bye. Sending you a big hug, okay? I'm receiving it. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Bye. Okay, Okay, everyone, that was the amazing artist, Alvaro. And I have to tell you, when you get the opportunity to sit and talk with people who have established a career for themselves that spans, I guess, some of our wildest imaginations, you begin to wonder if they're really a real person. And this particular interview shows a few things that believe in yourself, believe in your dreams because they do come true. And also that people who have achieved certain status, they are still people and they do care. So don't get that in your head. Understand that this life that we live is about helping others, and loving yourself. And he is a prime example of just that. And we are grateful to have him on the show to share his time and to share his wisdom. So believe in yourself. Follow your dreams. Don't follow anybody else's because that is not for you. As always, take care of yourself. Be well. God bless. And we'll be back again on Saturday. Do you or anyone you know struggle putting on their shoes? If so, check out Ziba Shoes, a totally new kind of hands-free sneaker that can be worn without bending down. Whether you have a bad back or a tough time bending over, Ziba Shoes can help you regain your independence. Join the over 100,000 plus satisfied customers who have tried our shoes and love them. No more struggling with your shoes. Learn more at ZebaShoes.com. That's Z-E-B-A Shoes.com. ZebaShoes.com.